Hey, Toy Family! This is another edition of the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. And I'm George Gaspar. And you guys weren't supposed to be on this week. How about that? Both of us? Yeah, you both, both? were going to take the week off. You were going to do a solo show? <laughs> no! I, we had, we had uh, <laughs> Don Dadadub, Carlos Del Faro, and uh, Sorbet Jungle was going to join. But Del Faro decided to go see it instead, and uh, then another clown decided to shoot a missile over Japan, kind of souring Data Dub's morning. So we just decided to cancel. But then you guys were like kind enough to hop on and make this thing happen. We can't have an empty week. I know it's weird, right? The listeners demanded. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't see that. Can't disappoint. Come on, you know we- Greg wants to hear it. Greg does. Greg, Greg, you know, family support. I gotta say it. My wife and Greg, they're they're avid listeners. Uh we gotta get you guys some intro music. Like to play behind like when you when we say your names or something. It takes two seconds to play or say our name. How what are you gonna do? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just spice to show up a little bit. It's All like right. walking up to bat, George. If I was to drop some some yeah, little jingle behind your intro, what which song would you like to roll out to? Teresa? Oh, goodness. It's got to be something upbeat and fun. Jolly. <laughs> Jolly. Is, is there something that says, like, <laughs> like, cute a bunch of times? I don't know if there is a song that says cute a hundred times, but there are definitely cute songs out there. Maybe uh, we should have our stomping ground vote for our intro songs. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like something Katy Perry would go with you for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. It's very, like very girly and like powerful though like girl power at the same time i kissed the girl and i liked it <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever seen uh, alvin and the chipmunks with the ship bet sing like uh all the sing all the single ladies all the single ladies that, that one I, I have not that would probably be pretty funny. that might work for you all the single ladies maybe yeah it's true it's got a little girl power in there and cute chipmunk voice <laughs> sure let's run with that what about you, George? It's got to be Ninja Turtles. It's got to um, be the, of course, the original right. 80s Ninja Turtle cartoon <laughs> theme. I, You know what? I probably would have guessed that if just given the opportunity. <laughs> uh, that's. I would go with... Uh, hmm. Curb, curb Your Enthusiasm. I think Larry David is... He's my spirit animal, so I'd probably go with, with that one. That's a good jingle. But... I also have a, a preference for uh, what did the fox say? I think that, that's, <laughs> oh, a, that's a great scary. song. <laughs> Dude, I stand behind that. I'm fine I with that. Love I love that I song. That. Oh, yeah. I just introduced that song to my four-year-old. It's okay. awesome. Gary, what was the first one you said? Because I don't know what you're talking about. Kirby Enthusiasm. It's an HBO series with uh, Larry David. So it's a TV theme song? Yeah, it's, a th- yeah, it's, a, it's just a cable show theme song. It's great. One of the best shows ever made. TV theme songs are kind of the best. I totally still sing. Did you all watch Gummy Bears? Oh, of course. The Gummy Bears? Like that theme song. Put that down, Gary. I love that theme song. It's kind of Disney-esque sounding, right? It's happy. And it's cute. I I, I can second that one. I'd say yes on that. (laughs) Yes. Let's go vintage. I'll look those up. Old school. I'll look those up. Maybe I'll play them at the end. Bouncing here and there and everywhere. They are the gummy bears. <laughs> Amen. Wow, George. That's <laughs> impressive. 
man, what else is going on? We're kind of just doing us on the fly. So like no prep. This is kind of fun. Uh, this is like the olden days. <laughs> I know, right? I don't want to start the show out with any depressing news, but we did lose a toy store this week, a brick and mortar store and a toy blog this week. So wait, we a lost a toy blog. blog? I knew about the yeah. store. Yeah, no, we lost a toy blog this week. But before we, you know, mention who that was, let's go ahead and mention who the, the brick and mortar store was just in case anyone kind of missed that news. So last week, Laura from Rivet Gallery announced that they're going to be shuttering their, the doors to their brick-and-mortar location. They've been around for a long time. As far as I know, they're like one of the, the first stores around. It's, ten, it's more than 10 years because she just posted they celebrated the, ten, the 10th anniversary of the store. Wow. Okay. I knew it was a long time. I wasn't exactly sure how much. So 10 years. Uh, yeah, so that was sad news. You know, Laura's been around for a long time. I've seen her at a couple of conventions. She's always been super nice and sweet. And I know she's, uh, you know, Rivet Gallery's hosted some really great shows with a lot of artists everyone's familiar with. So, it's, you know, it's sad to hear, you know, that's going to be um, closing down. But she's, you know, not really leaving the scene entirely. She mentioned she is going to keep the, the online store open. And then we lost a toy blog. Um, UrbanVinylDaily.com has... What? What? Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Um, if you actually were to go to UrbanVinylDaily.com today, it w- it's not there. It, it's done. Um, I did hear that the guys... I actually listened to the year. They have a, a podcast, a weekly podcast that they do, do called it's the Urban Vinyl Daily Wrap-Up. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of a brief show, about 30 minutes long, where they just talk about upcoming releases and you know a little bit of discussion on the toy scene in general and they mentioned that they're going to be shutting down the toy blog but uh, I think another toy blog is going to be picking up like interviews and stuff that they had done but yeah they're done oh they're not going away then they're just not doing the daily blog right yeah as far as I understand they're just going to drop the blog and then just do the the weekly podcast I don't know they're, they're still going to do production then right like I, I believe so. Uh, anyone who's not familiar, Urban Vinyl Daily, they're the ones that help produce the, the bots Luna figure. And um, I think they tried their hand at another Kickstarter recently with Kyle Kerwin's um, plush figure. And yep. th- I, they definitely got the producer itch and they want to do more of that. Yeah. Yeah, I just looked up their account and their post. Uh, they did post about it a day ago that they're ending the blog. But they're saying that they're focusing their efforts on videos and producing products. So yeah. it's good. Yeah, that makes sense. It does make sense. You know, they've been doing the blog for, I think, a little over seven years now. And I talked to Travis and Ben, the two guys that run Urban Vinyl Daily in the past, and they've mentioned how hard it is to run that daily blog. And at the time, they were both students, and now they're full-time engineers, so I imagine they have less time. And and there's several options out there for, you know, daily toy news and toy blog options. And so I imagine just over the years, maybe that's been something that's been weighing on them, whether it's worth continuing and all the work and effort that it takes. And I can see where they would just decide to say, you know, let's hang it up and move on and do something else. Yeah. Plus, if they're doing yeah. all that other stuff, it's like taking up more and more of their time, I'm sure. So, And, you know, with the Rivet thing, I'm sad that I, I never made it out to the Rivet store. Like, I've been to a bunch of the toy stores, and I never made it to the Rivet one, I don't think. I'm trying yeah. to remember, but I don't think I did. Even though Laura was one of the first people I met probably in this designer you know in this designer scene she was friends with my old partner matt like from way way back yeah laura i remember matt (laughs) and scott even like laura and scott used to be together um they're divorced now but scott runs dispersed and laura does uh rivet and it's you know they were they were two of the first people way but from way back Mm mm-hmm yeah, I've, I've never been to the store either, and but I did meet Laura a couple times, I think, at San Diego Comic Con, and she's always been nice. And, uh, 
you know, being in Ohio, there's probably not too many designer toy options, so it's probably disappointing to anyone that lives in Ohio or, or in the vicinity to, to lose them as a, you know, a store they can actually visit and see this stuff in person. But, you know, they're going online, so they're not going away completely. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's I mean, just least- a, lot e- it's a lot easier than having a store and, you know, it's just... These brick and mortar things, unless you're in like a really good area with like good foot traffic and things like that. And they even said in that article, like the foot traffic was, they were just off the beaten path. So it wasn't quite, you know, they couldn't quite get those like Friday night art walk things and all that. So you got to really have the pristine location and then, then your rent's probably too high. So it's like, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. I'm glad she's sticking around and not, you know, shutting down completely. So hopefully... Um, I wish her all the best success on going online. Oh, yeah, definitely. Although, didn't, didn't Dragatomi say that same thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I was going <laughs> to bring up the same statement. I just didn't know how to bring it up. But, um, yeah, they, they did. And I think it's kind of like the go-to statement when you decide to close your, your brick and mortar. Say, hey, we're going to try keeping it online, you know, open online or have a pop-up shop with a, another store or something like that. But I, I do think that Dragatomi was a different piece, George, in the fact that they had another business that they were wanting to jump into, which was the food truck business. So with the with the boba truck. Yeah, that's um, true. So I think Laura, she's she's definitely very passionate about toys and helping promote artists and stuff like that. So I can totally see her trying really hard to make the online store you know continue to work. Did you ever get the? Uh, she did a Bob's Burgers for their for their very first Bob's Burger comic book. They allowed some stores to jump in and get an exclusive where your store name could be the store next to Bob's Burger on the cover oh, of the comic. That's cool. And the Rivet Gallery was able to do that. Rivet was able to do that. It was cool. That's awesome. I know she's a big fan because she always dresses up. I think she always dresses up as the uh, shoot. Is it Tina? With the rabbit ears? With the, uh, with the, like, lo- the straight uh, black hair and like the pink shirt. I think I, I think I'm the only person who hasn't seen the show at this point. Like I know of the show. I mean, I know who you, you know what it is, but I've never seen an episode. So, short black hair, short bangs, right? Wait, you haven't seen Bob's yeah, Burgers? Seen it. No, I, I have. I've never seen it, and I watch my fair share of TV. It's just that's just not one of the things I've ever been really interested in seeing. Oh man, yeah. Bob's Burgers is so good. <laughs> that's what I hear. From the beginning, that's- it was solid. I apparently have very weird taste. I've been watching an Amazon kids show. <laughs> that sounds very much like you. But it's so good. It's like a weird guilty pleasure. It's called Just Add Magic. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> did you watch? No any, did, did you watch any of those movies that we mentioned that you've never seen before? Princess Bride or Goonies? So or... far. Anything? No, so far they all cost money to watch. No offense, <laughs> I'm not spending my money on potentially a bad movie. So no, 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 no. no, no. no. These, these aren't bad. Movies. These are cult classics we're throwing down. It's something that you should definitely know. see. But every time I try to look up one of those movies, I have to rent it. So I'm trying to find a way to either borrow some friends' Blu-rays or DVDs or something. So I'm still trying to find one that's free. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Stranger Things, at least? The season two's coming no. up. Oh, come on. No. The only, What's the point if you haven't seen all the original it. stuff they based it on? That, that's exactly. That's a good point, George. Are you excited, George, for season two? Uh, yeah, I'll definitely watch. I mean, it's coming I up. Wasn't the big, I wasn't a huge fan like everybody else was of no? Stranger Things. Man. I definitely enjoyed it, but I also got a little sick of the nostalgia of it all. 
Wow, I know I didn't. I was I was all in. I think the second I hit play and I saw that intro title, it was just one of those things where I just knew I was gonna love the show. And then once it started like making me reminisce about all the great movies and stuff that I loved about the '80s, like the show is, I think, almost perfect in every way. I loved everything about it. I'm really looking forward to season two. Um, actually, in fact, I was just reading an article just yesterday in um, Hollywood, Report, uh, Hollywood Reporter that was saying that Stranger Things actually changed Netflix. I guess before Stranger Things came along, um, Netflix has never had like a huge global hit on their hands. They've never had a Game of Thrones or a Walking Dead or something that just blew up. And uh, they've never actually had a licensing division before. Um, Stranger Things. So I guess with the popularity of Stranger Things and they started seeing all this unauthorized merchandise and stuff, they realized like, how much money is being left on the table. So they were pretty quick to hire a licensing executive. I guess the guy came from the world of WWE, so you know he definitely knows what he's doing. And so um, Netflix now has a licensing division, so they're definitely going to be more prepared for the popularity of their shows and you know licensing to stores and T-shirts and toys and all that sort of stuff. In fact, I think... Um, Funko was actually one of the first people to actually, um, work with licensing on them. So, you know, everyone's probably familiar with the Funko toys and stuff like that. So it's something that going forward, the, the shows and actors and stuff are going to have to start thinking about and they'll probably get paid more because now they have a licensing division. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even think of that. I, it's funny. I just got the, um, the Funko figures today. Yeah. And uh, it, it was kind of cool to see the Netflix logo on the back. It was very, it was kind of weird, you know. It was like, oh, this is, this is odd. Like it's, it's a, ne- you know, Netflix. You don't think of as that kind of a company. Like you're saying, they didn't even have that. No. So it is, it is weird to see the Netflix logo on a product. It was strange in the it's- fact that the show was so popular, but there was nothing out there for anyone to buy unless it was fan art made. So I think Funko was really quick to try to figure out how to license those toys. And then I haven't seen the McFarland toys ones yet, but they were definitely mentioned in the article. I didn't even know they were doing toys. Yeah, Hot, Hot Topic also has a license with uh, Netflix now for Stranger Things. I imagine with it, the seasons two coming out right at Halloween time. I imagine next month, George, we're going to start seeing a lot more Stranger Things product hitting the stores. Maybe Target or Hot Topic, and I don't know, Eggo Waffle boxes with. With 11 on it and stuff like that. Who knows? I mean, that would be brilliant. They should definitely do oh, that. Oh, totally. I'm definitely. If, if they don't do it, it's a huge missed opportunity. I'm sure it's definitely in the works. Um, next month, we'll probably see a lot more stuff. And In fact, I haven't been to like a Party City or any of the Halloween stores yet, but maybe there is like a, a Demogorgon licensed costume, like, you know, Stranger Things licensed costumes. I can see like the Sheriff or the Demogorgon or... Her, or who knows? Maybe there's going to be like licensed Christmas lights at Christmas time or something like that. Um... But or maybe just a revitalization of even like some of the eighty stuff that they had on the show. Like I could totally see them doing like they had that um, God the dungeons and the, the board game the dungeons and were dungeons and dragons were they playing? Yeah, that's it. God, how did I forget that? So yeah, it was dungeons and dragons, and they they could totally bring that back in like a cool retro version. I could see that selling. I don't I don't remember the show all that much. I only watched it through once. So okay, I'm gonna re- I've only seen it once too, but I'm gonna rewatch it through a second time before it starts up. But another thing that was kind of mentioned in the article, it was the article was on the Hollywood reporter. And here's one thing, all the people that have been complaining about why is kid robot and loyal subjects and all these other companies going into licensed toys. Well, this right here is going to answer it. So apparently 
Um, according to the International Licensing Industry Merchandisers Association's annual global license industry survey. Jesus. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to try saying that again. Acronym that thing. Uh, In 2016, retail sales of licensed goods based on entertainment and character properties was $118.3 billion globally. With wow. 42.7 billion of that coming from sales in the U.S. Well, now now the whole kid robot getting in on licensing stuff makes a little more sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, God, you, you don't want to miss out on that gravy train. I mean, there's there's a lot of money to be made from licensing. So I I totally get. It. I actually just I did not know the number would be anywhere near 118 billion dollars. Like, I, if I had to guess before that figure, I probably would have said like maybe. You know, like I don't know, eight hundred million or maybe like two or three billion. Yeah, yeah I mean that's I that's a that's a large number to even comprehend. <laughs> I know. I can't. How many numbers? Is how many zeros? Is I have no idea. Um, but no, that's huge. Even forty-two billion for the U.S. sales is it's crazy, and that's just one year. And supposedly actual sales, not like just product release out there, but actual retail sales. So. But that's not everything. I guess that's everything from shirts to shoes to apparel and toys and, you know, all, everything that could possibly be licensed. So that's a lot of stuff. But no, I mean, I can't blame any company for wanting to jump into the licensing world. It's really the only way to do it. Like, there has to be some kind of recognition of the thing that people are buying. Like, they're, like even, even when artists create stuff, it's, you know, they generally create a toy based on their popular piece of art. You know, the thing that people know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no, there's really no other way to do it. Like to jump into producing a toy with no established backing behind it or no familiarity. Like, I mean, I've done that. I did that with Kara Shake Jake. No one knew what that thing was and it was hard. And I think that's why the, this toy scene does runs of five to maybe just a, you know, a hundred or 200 pieces and not much more than that. Did you know there's a, uh, I was at Target looking at their Halloween stuff and there is an adorable little bat wooden a little wooden painted bat welcome sign that looks like you designed it gary that sounds awesome i'm gonna have to check it, that out it, I, well, as soon as i saw it i was like wow this is like a gary ham piece you should have taken a picture at and where? sent it to me at target i bought it i'll take a picture and send it yeah, to you tonight is it the candlestick uh no it's a little uh like a plaque for your window like for your door or something is it like a black bat it is it's a black bat with a little hat on sounds awesome I'll check it out. But I've gone you, to a couple targets were, already. Haven't seen. As I say, you you already found stuff, right, Gary? I did. I, I mean, I found a few things, but I went when they were just stocking the shelves for the Halloween season. So I haven't been back since everything's probably fully stocked. So I definitely need to get back. And you all are bad influences. I'm trying to save money right now, but now I want to go buy cute Halloween things at Target. <laughs> <It's> cheap, <laughs> they're cheap things. Halloween stuff is the best, and yeah, generally it's pretty cheap. It's yeah. you know. I I I feel like the only holiday I tend to decorate for really is Christmas because I'm able to keep it up for a good period of time. I mean, I guess I could start decorating for Halloween early. It's just never been like it, I'm really sad. When I bought my house, I was so excited about the idea of having trick or treaters come, and I did not realize that the neighborhood I live in is an older population yeah. and no kids. 
So, and it's like a no sidewalk type of community, the little section I'm in. So no one comes. Like literally, I stopped buying candy because maybe I'll get some 17-year-old knocking on my door at 10 o'clock. Like, <laughs> it's <laughs> so depressing. Those are the worst ones, the 17-year-olds that show right, up with right? no costume. Just like, give me candy. Like a, yeah, like a, maybe like a, mas- like a ski mask on or just a mask and like t-shirt and jeans with like a pillowcase. I'm like, come on, dude. A t-shirt <laughs> that just says, this is my costume. Yeah, get the hell right. out. Yeah. So anyway, I have a hard time getting stoked for halloween but maybe if i have cute stuff it'll it'll get me more into it i'd say i'd say yes hell yeah and i think you can totally put out most of this halloween stuff around year round you have it out now yeah i mean some stuff you already done yeah i mean a little bit i'll probably pull out the rest of the halloween decorations this weekend like the actual halloween theme decorations like the candles and the wreaths and the sign to say happy halloween like there's definitely stuff that i can't keep around year round but some of the toys that just have the halloween colors and stuff like that i'll keep out year round but um yeah so i'll keep out the halloween stuff from like early september to a little bit into november and then right after thanksgiving we'll pull out all the you know christmas decorations which generally seems to be Mostly like um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, like the Rankin Bass cartoon, like all of that sort of stuff. I have a lot of that sort of stuff, but also a lot of other Halloween uh, Christmas decorations. But but once Christmas is over, there's really nothing that we decorate our house-wise, like um, holiday-wise, like from January to September. It's There's nothing themed that we put out. No Valentines? No. That's a stupid holiday. Hey, hush! <laughs> no, that's... You can bring up- Cute, cute, lovey-dovey things. No, that's a great holiday if you're in elementary school and your little classmates are making your little love notes and put them in your little shoebox with a little slit in the top. That's cute. But no, once you well, get uh, like old, it's not cute anymore. What if I go buy sweet valentines and start mailing them to everyone in the toy world? Like Harry Potter valentines. You want a Harry Potter valentine this sure. year, Gary? Will that get you in the sure, spirit? Sure, that, that'll get me in spirit. It says some cheesy thing like fly on my broom with me or something. You know, I I used to like I used to like how uh, th- Valentine's Day. I just became jaded over the years at the ex- at expectations of needing to go out and spend triple the cost of uh, of a Valentine's dinner. Where if we went the day before, or the day after, it's just normal price. But to go out to dinner on Valentine's night, you're paying outrageous price. So no, I don't do it. I gotcha. It's it's a it's a Hallmark holiday. It's George. Why no Thanksgiving toys? Why is uh, it, why what is it, why are you going to make? I don't know. Turkey hand turkey? toys or something. Why is no turkey one capitalizing on this great holiday? Is it a great <laughs> holiday? Yeah, it's it's a thankful holiday. It's probably one of the bigger four. Don't you think? The most top four celebrated. Does anyone actually deck the only, no. literally the only Thanksgiving <laughs> decoration I have is a kitchen towel that says wobble till you gobble or no gobble, gobble till you wobble. And it's got a little <laughs> turkey on it. And cause I, so I have a thing outside of toys for themed kitchen towels and holiday socks. <laughs> okay. I'm down. Well, then you gotta have, you gotta have Halloween kitchen towels, right? I do. I have this really cute one. I called Frank. It's green and it's got a Frankenstein on it. Yeah. I've got that. I do have. I guess I do have Halloween decorations in the form of kitchen towels. Now that I think about it. There you go. Well, at least you have something. I'll just start hanging towels everywhere. <laughs> Get yourself some like cute candy bowls. I find those really awesome. 
Yeah, I need to I need to go out there and find some stuff. But well, the yeah, nice thing about the out. Halloween stuff is it does the Halloween decor does lead into the fall decor. You can kind of mix the two, mm-hmm. so you can keep yeah. it up through Thanksgiving. That's true. It's true. We got we got super off track, so let's let's just take a break for sponsors real quick, yeah. and then we'll get back to talking toy talk. So um, we got some great sponsors on the show. First off, we have some really great designer toy show stores. So for all your designer toy uh, needs and desires, be sure to check out 3DRetro.com. And 3D Retro also has a physical location out there in Southern California, which is Burbank adjacent. So if you live in the area, be sure to check out the store. They do a lot of great events on the weekend and whatnot. So a uh, beautiful store. Check them out. And there's also strangecattoys.com. If you visit strangecattoys.com, be sure to load up that cart and use promo code MARSHAM at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off your entire order. And for all your daily designer toy news, we got a couple um, incredible toy blogs for you. Be sure to check out spankystokes.com and thetoychronicle.com. And the Toy Chronicle also has a, a toy news app that you can download in any one of the app stores. So... So we actually reached out to the stomping ground this week for some questions. And so we got some listener questions. You guys want to tackle those? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Listener questions. Oh, then I, I, I created a fun game for later. I know you guys love my games. We love your games. If it's yeah. not your games, it's your singing. So I love both of those. <laughs> and we uh, people actually heard today that people are kind of missing uh, designers and dragons. We gotta well, pick that where's back up. Carlos? Get him back here. Or we'll just, if we can't get Carlos, we'll get uh, Teresa. You can fill Carlos' shoes while he's out. Don't you also have, um, shoot, who is it who's stuck in a hospital? Chris. Chris. Chris, <laughs> Chris is stuck in the hospital. And there was Carlos. Carlos was a... Uh, he was a driver, right? He was right? like a Lyft driver or something like yeah. that. So he, he did really well. So yeah, we can bring back some people. Because Designer Con's coming up. It, what it was, I don't know if you're familiar Teresa, but it was we're playing Dungeons and Dragons in in a very toy themed atmosphere, and uh, Skinner has taken over DesignerCon, and he and all of his menacing mercenaries are threatening the the show. So George and Carlos and you and Carlos and everyone they're kind of trying to band together and you know save the day, but haven't played it in months. The so world's going to be doomed. I know. There's not going to be any designer con in two months. Less than two months now. I think it's like, man, yeah. we're counting oh, down to like to, me. To I the haven't 50s. even started yet. Come on. <laughs> and Teresa, have you booked yeah. anything yet? No. Uh, you know, okay. Like last year, it was so last minute. And I told myself, don't do that again. Plan ahead. <laughs> but you know, life happens and budget happens and I'm still trying to figure out if I can make it happen. What about you, Gary? I know you were all, yeah, it's happening this year. I was, and I definitely want to go. I think early on, Carlos had invited me to stay at his place and uh, I was all for that. But now the more I learn about Carlos, the more I'm thinking that he might forget that I was supposed to stay there. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so I'm thinking, no, I really don't want to impose on, you know, staying at someone's house or something like that. So I'm probably going to look into getting uh, I know it's probably too late to get a hotel room or something like that. So I'll probably look into getting an Airbnb or something. I I would recommend that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you go, I got to go. I really want to go. It's not a question of. There's not a question here at all. You're both going like that's all there is to it. (laughs) If you did one of those charts 
that you can do online where like you put your Facebook page into some algorithm and it shows you all the words. If you did that chart for this show, DesignerCon would be the biggest word. Like it's definitely <laughs> mentioned at least once every episode. So if you guys aren't at DesignerCon, <laughs> that, like that's know. a huge fail for this show. I know. I know. We could even <laughs> and we could go and we could do live recordings while we're there. No. 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 That's, no, you want to want to run around and that, be like, that's "Hey, no. we're live from Marsham Toy Hour. What do you think of the show?" There's got to be some kind of Instagram story you could do, or something, or Facebook maybe, Live, maybe or something. something like that. But I feel like that's a lot of work that no one watches. Like I've seen people go out to San Diego Con and do a, a hundred artist interviews, but I don't know. I've, I don't know. Does anyone watch no, that don't, stuff? Don't do that. No. I'm not, no, just go I'm and not have saying fun like and report that about it later. Formal. I'm just talking about cash casual not playing stuff we'll have a home base at my booth if you want to bring the pins the marsham pins to sell or anything like that or the pennants if there's any left we have a crap load of pennants and pins to sell <laughs> all right well if you want to bring any of that we can sell it at my booth <laughs> help get gary to comic-con buy a pennant superham.com go to the shop <laughs> <laughs> my goodness well i mean we do have to have that event we were talking about mini golf and whatever so you need to get Again, on that too gary I, I need to start researching i definitely want to do something so i'll get on that uh all right let's get some to some listener questions where are they did i delete them holy <laughs> crap did you delete the post no not the post did you really no, here Gary. we go. Here we go. First question. <laughs> Ooh, this one's kind of deep. Do you feel the core aesthetics of the art toy movement have changed or evolved at all over the years? This guy sometimes worries that each subgenre of designer toy gets locked into established motifs and aesthetic ideals and then struggles to get beyond that, uh, that point. What do you guys think? Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I think the design aesthetic has definitely changed since the beginning. Um, it used to be very, I mean, even in the beginning when it used to be called urban art, there was a lot more street style involved, a lot more, mm-hmm. uh, a lot more angular things, a lot more like big sneakers and things like that. Like all that kind of street style graffiti, you know, all that kind of stuff is, is basically gone. I mean, you don't see there's one or two people maybe still doing that kind of thing, but that whole street style of graffiti and everything is, is, has gone from this whole scene. Illustrators yeah. took over. Make toys urban again, as Kanan would say. Yes. Exactly. But no, I thousand percent agree because I'll see people even like from the custom side of things post up like, you know, had this customer for 10 years trying to sell, but it's like that old style thing and it's just not as popular now, I guess. But yeah, like the whole graffiti thing and the street style, I don't see any of that anymore. No, not really. Like George mentioned, like in the early days, everything was a lot simpler, I think. Cleaner, more about shapes, uh, more of a canvas to use. And then I think today, things seem a lot more sculpted today. Even like even the minifigure series, whether it's a, a platform series, like, like the Dunnies, a lot more sculpting, you know, included in the heads and accessories. And everything has kind of evolved into a, I don't know, I don't want to say heavier but, sculpting side, but definitely seems more detail oriented. But Gary, would you say part of that is also due to technology advancements, like being able to do more 
you know what I mean? Like I could see, yes, the design aesthetic may have been more simplistic, but what's part of it, a limitation of being able to really push what we can do with like 3d printing and ZBrush and all that kind of stuff. I don't think so. I mean, I think the sculpting detail could have been done, you know, 10, 15 years ago. It just wasn't. Everything just had a very like urban clean look to it. I think that was just, that was just the look of the toys back then. And then fast forward today, like, you know, as more independent artists got involved into the toy scene and more sculptors got involved into the toy scene, I think that's when we started seeing a lot more sculpting coming into play. But I think in the beginning it was, it didn't, this toy scene wasn't started by sculptors. It was started by established artists. A lot of them had a a very street graffiti style, a very almost simplified style or a cartoony or graphic design style to their to their work and it applied well to the toys at that time but then as in i would say more independent artists started doing this stuff independently uh things just started kind of evolved into that more heavily sculpted stuff i don't think maybe technology had a little more to do with it with you know as 3d printing became more heavily involved but what do you think george yeah i think it was more just the 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 graffiti style it only it's only alluring to a very small sect of people so it's like there's just not it just doesn't have the appeal along a broader audience so i think that that it evolved as the audience grew because the you know for the audience to grow they had to start getting in different styles mm-hmm. different things like that so you know a guy that just does graffiti inspired things spray cans and things like that like there's only a certain number of people who are going to be into that you know, into that aesthetic. So it, I think yeah. it just, I think it just evolved as it needed to with the growth of the industry. It's just for, for more people to be involved, like some, you know, some mom and kids that go to designer con aren't going to buy, you know, graffiti can, you know, character with his spray paint in a wall. It's just not going to happen. Like they're, they, they want the more cutesy thing, like the stuff that Teresa's into with like the cutesy, you know, animals and things like that. So I think it's just, it was just a necessity as the scene grew because there's definitely still that there are people like Kano still, you know, doing that style. Tracy Dubera does those very kind of a street aesthetic style. Yeah. You know, those people still exist, but they just have, they, they have their audience and they, you know, it's a very limited style in that version. Yeah. Well, and you make a good point too, Gary, that the artists who kind of started out were more, 2d type artist right translating that onto a 3d canvas so it makes sense that it would be more of uh, the same kind of shape but everyone applying their sort of you know artistic style to it and then over time there were people who brought came in and wanted to develop kind of their own shapes and their own character styles and all that versus just being given like a di you know it's kind of like when we were talking about diy toys too and whether or not those are even a thing anymore like do people even want stuff like that you know yeah versus how you know aaron had a very different like uh outlook on what is a diy toy than i think what george and i had he seems to have the idea that uh people today or the you know maybe the younger generation today is once more from a a blank toy than just what george and i are sort of talking about just a blank very simplified canvas seems like he's starting to see maybe people wanting something with a little more detail i don't know yeah, I mean, he's from that newer wave of fans. You know, it's a different, you know, it's a different generation of fans than yeah. what we were, what we were in from a little bit more, a little further back. I'm saying raised on, but you know, we were, 
we were around when the blank was strictly a blank, you know, yeah. that's all it was. And that was what it was supposed to be. I almost wonder if there's, I wonder if there's anybody out there who are like Dunny purists who don't, who won't buy the sculpted Dunny, you know, they don't, Ooh. they only want the Dunny that has the, the regular Dunny shape. Interesting idea. I kind of want to know, cause I know there's some, definitely still some hardcore Dunny collectors out there, but I don't know if there's anyone like that who's who's not okay to kind of transition with how it's grown or if yeah, they are like they're like only hardcore. into like only into the dunny if it's just the painted dunny like like they don't want that sculpted stuff they don't need accessories they don't want the sculpted parts there's not really that much yeah. of that of that anymore most of it is being touched whether the head's being sculpted or something with the body or an definite accessory I mean, there's i can't think of too many where it's just straight up paint application it's it's definitely harder, I think, to do that translation. If you're going to try and take your character to translate it strictly to a dunny shape, I think that's definitely harder than, you know, getting your own head sculpt. It is. It's a much easier to work with a sculpt. I know I ran into that when I was doing the, I applied, um, so when I did the DTA dunny series, I was only given one new head sculpt. So I chose to use that on the Autumn Stag. And then for the other two, I wanted to do, I guess top place, you want to have, you know, the, the ears extended out and the snout and, you know, little protruding teeth, but you can't. And then you have to find a workaround. How am I going to do this only in paint? And then you, you do the, you know, the drop shadows of the teeth and paint and, and stuff like that. You're right. It, it is a little more tricky to do it without the assistance of having a sculpt to fall back on. Yeah. What do you guys like better on the Like just strictly Dunny speaking. Do you like the new style or do you like the purest version? Uh, I'm mixed. I like both. Yeah, me too. I feel I, like I as much as I like the, all the additional sculpting, I don't like when it almost feels like why not just make that a, its own mini series rather yeah. than using the Dunny platform. Sometimes when something's like has so much additional sculpt, I, I almost have a hard time recognizing it as a Dunny anymore. And I, I think there's something to it when you look at the platforms when on the unsculpted ones where everything's all lined up and they all look the same and the only difference is just the paint application, that looks great. And so sometimes I don't like it when something's almost not recognizable as a dunning. I, okay. I can agree with that. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I guess you could say I, it's for, less for me about whether or not it was sculpted or not and more about just the design in general. Like if I like it, I don't, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm open to either. Yeah, I'm kind of like you. you know, the the design is the overall appeal of it, but sometimes it's something just has too much. Like I'm the same way with customs. I'm very much of the camp that feels that you should be able to look at the custom and know what platform was used. Like if you can't recognize the the platform anymore, I feel like why use the platform? Why not just create an original sculpt? But you don't um, like J Ru's. You don't like J Ru's customs then. <laughs> um, I I will admit, like in the beginning when I first was introduced, like to customs. So he's probably the very first one that I was ever noticed of uh, being Jay Ruse was the sketch spot one that he did at a Monkey King show on Melrose. Um, and I remember being at that show and and looking at the piece, and I I really did not know that it was a sketch spot. I didn't see it anywhere in there. So yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, it's um, I mean, it's it's really well done. I'm not saying his work is bad. I'm just saying it's <laughs> as a custom of the thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's I I just prefer when a custom you can look at it and recognize the platform. And you know, 
uh, Jesse, he prefers to be very storytelling, very sculptural. So, yeah, a lot of the times, you know, his stuff doesn't exactly look like the, the platform. Sometimes you don't know what the platform was. But, you know, I'm starting to appreciate that approach to customs a little bit more. Like, um, actually, recently with the Huck G. Blank show, uh, one of my favorite probably pieces in the show was something that Carlos did, yeah. which was um, he used essentially like his, his deer – but then the, the face flips up, and then underneath was the blank skull head. Like, really, mu- not much of it was the blank You're other than that little yourself. head. Exactly, I know. Because, see, <laughs> I, I agree in some ways, but at the same time, I think it's really cool and creative when someone can take something and completely flip it around. Like, um, shoot, let me get One-Eyed Girl. Uh, it's K-C-T-A-R-A-R-U-J on Instagram. Like, she, even if you look back, um, like, through her customs, she has this, like, really unique eye for taking a piece and really spinning it in a way where it's just a way I never would have thought to use a blank or a figure to build something. Like, she, way back in the day, did this monkey where she took the Fumi, which is the, like, spiky hair kid robot DIY figure, and she flipped it around and made it look like a monkey with a mouthful of bananas. So the spikes were actually bananas in the mouth, not pieces of hair. Oh, right. I and so, <laughs> but she, to me, like, you could still generally tell the figure is, I think, to some extent, but she really, really pushes the boundaries of how to utilize it versus just taking it at face value. And I always find that really interesting. Like, I, I think it's really intriguing when someone can take a figure and flip something around or take the pieces apart and rearrange them or stuff like that. So I think it's kind of up to the artist's discretion. I'm, I'm, I just like to see cool stuff. So I, I don't mind that sometimes a dunny may be a little hidden and not fully look like a dunny, but. I'd probably be sad if someone like chopped the ears off, for example. I'd rather than like utilize them in some way to create something. Right, right. All great points. Um, like I totally agree. I like your viewpoint on it. Wow, I gotta follow that person. That's that's cool work. Yeah, I just looked it up while does, you were talking. She does really cool stuff. She has a really unique. Um, you'll notice like her style for her character's eyes is um, kind of like a characteristic she tends to carry throughout her stuff, but. Yeah, she does good stuff, and um, she was at Decon last year, um, so she should hopefully be there again this year. She go check her out. Cool. Yeah, for sure. It's cool. Okay, so next listener question. What do you think would happen to the toy scene, both as a producer and as a collector, if the international shipping and custom charges were not an issue? Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I There would definitely be more sales, right? It doesn't mean that things are going to still be easy to get. Like the the toys coming out of the east, are st- they're, they're hard to get now. They'd be even more hard to get if there was no was shipping say, and custom if, charges. I mean, if they if they made all that wave now, there's still also like the ability to like know when stuffs are sale, right? So we've talked a lot about like show exclusives, and a lot of times the stuff out there you got to be there to get it. You know, there's Wonderfest and BTS and all that kind of stuff. So there's still that limitation. But I could almost see it getting trickier to get stuff, potentially. If it's an online release and all that stuff isn't a consideration, man, you may have more competition to get a hold of stuff. But it could mean that stuff sells out quicker and people can get a hold of stuff and maybe they make more. I don't know. I like the idea of it, though. Save some money. 
Oh, saving money. I mean, it would it would impact things greatly. I mean, the, there's no doubt there would be a lot more sales, especially from the countries that don't have uh, any stores, you know, in their location or or they can't attend the conventions. So places like the UK doesn't have a whole lot of stores and not a lot of conventions. Uh, people in Australia have absolutely zero stores and zero conventions. So I mean, they would definitely change things. You know, things would definitely be for the better for sure. But think about like shops. So, like, you know, stores in the U.S. trying to get a hold of toys that are out toward to sell, and they talk about the, cust- you know, customs and shipping fees and all that. That was a way for them as well. We could potentially have the Rotofugis and My Plastic Carts of the World getting their hands on other stuff for people to buy. And there'd be a lot of, like, cross-traffic. Like, I could go out to collect and display and maybe purchase stuff with – you know, a little if they have like an exclusive or something without stressing so much about the additional cost to get it shipped to me. True. What do you think, George? Yeah, I mean, it would it would be it would be a game changer, I think, because I mean, how many times have I looked something up and then I see, oh, it's in the UK? Forget it. I'm just going to close the window. <laughs> like, I because yeah. I'm just not going to double my purchase by shipping. I've done so, that like, even yeah. in the states. There's though, so too. many times where, yeah, I put it in. I put my shipping, or I put my item in a cart and I check the shipping and I'm just like, all right, forget it. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've had something in the cart to just change my mind once I saw the shipping thing. It happens all the yep. time. Well, and also like trading or uh, selling between collectors would be easier. Oh, that's a good point. Like, yeah. I mean, like think about think about blind boxes right so how many i can't tell you how many times i see people like oh i got a double of this i really want to trade and get this but like it is so hard and i feel bad because it's predominantly us based that kind of stuff mm-hmm. because to ship and trade with people in the uk or canada is a is a pain but imagine imagine if like you could easily swap swap out blind box doubles or trade with other people i mean that would be a huge change as well this is such a fantasy land that we're talking about. It's not happening. It's only going to get worse. But it's it's a great thought, and it's a wonderful thought. I will dream about this tonight. <laughs> All right. What would old man Gaspar and Ham advise to kids these days? Get off your phones. That's all I would say. Oh, goodness. Why? The world is on your phone. Why would you get off it? Okay, when you can't walk down the street or drive your car without going five minutes without looking at your phone, that's a problem. I can't go. I can't walk down the street without looking at my phone. That's how I know where I'm going. (laughs) How did you survive to this point, George? I don't know. I love my phone. F you, old man, Gary. I want my phone. <laughs> hey, I like my phone, too, but there's a point where you got to put it down and actually live life. No way. George is the cool old guy, Gary. You're the boring no. old guy. You guys are I'm really- living on my phone. Ugh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, eat a balanced breakfast, make your bed and brush your teeth. Well, I don't know. That's common sense. <laughs> But I think the problem with the younger society is the phones. That's what the old society used to say about, like, these these kids and their newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nobody ever said that. But, like. <laughs> it's still like i don't know the phones the phone's amazing the phone is just connecting us all there there's no like that is not a downfall at all 
even though it is it's weird because it's it's connecting us all but it's also isolating us in our own little worlds so that's a, it's a strange dichotomy but no way i wouldn't say put down your it's, phone i would say as long as people don't learn or forget how to communicate with someone in person like you know oh, like, i lost that years ago i can only <laughs> communicate on the phone yeah george i, like, I run into in person i wouldn't know how to talk to you no i'll just text you though <laughs> Hey, George, I see you over there. What's up? <laughs> without without technology, I would still be single because I would never approach a girl at a grocery market or a movie theater or a mall. So you know, I met my wife online dating. So, Nancy, but, I don't I don't want to meet someone online. So I guess I'm just gonna be single. <laughs> <laughs> There's absolutely nothing wrong with being single, though. I love how you called it a grocery market. By the way, <laughs> the it would meat, be a grocery the, store. Is it supposed to be the meat market, I guess. Grocery store. Grocery store. Grocery market. Which I don't even go to a grocery um, store anymore. I, I do all my shop. Everything is done at Target. Everything. Seriously? I got my little do you red use card. the online like, click list thing where you order and just go pick it no, up? No, no, I don't. But I'm the guy that's going around Target scanning the barcodes of everything, looking for my little cartwheel <laughs> discount. That's me. <laughs> all right, next question. Now, were they asking for that for... <laughs> For advice for life or for advice for this toy scene? <laughs> I don't know. I assume it was okay. life. Okay. For the... let's, stick, let's stick with life. All right. <laughs> this, this is a great question. What do you guys enjoy snacking on? I don't see any of you being super snacking, so I'm quite curious about it. You don't, they don't see us being well, snacky? Or they, they didn't do. see George and myself. They didn't know you were going to be on, so... Maybe, I'm maybe, snacky. dude, I am the snack king. Have they not seen my belly? <laughs> of course I snack. <laughs> uh, okay, so to answer this, my weakness, Keebler grasshopper cookies. I will I will eat an, an entire sleeve in a sitting. Um, I'm more cookie-based than chip-based. I'm not a big fan of the salty stuff. But put, well, that's not true. Put a can of Pringles in front of me, I will go to town. Uh, what no. about those Cheez-Its? Okay, certain kind of Cheez-Its. There's different mm-hmm. Cheez-Its? Oh yeah, there's all there's, t- there's all kinds of different kinds. The Pepper Jack che- the Pepper Jack Cheez-Its. Amazing. I'm a <laughs> big time snacker. They're the best. I'm like a goat and just grazing all day long. Mhm. Snack here, snack there. I'm like a ch- I joke. I, my mom, we actually so she was my parents came up to escape Irma and so they were here for a bit and we went to the grocery store and I was like, mom, just beware. I still, I like, I eat like a child. So I was going around and she's grabbing like eggs and butter and milk and like logical things. And I'm like, Oh, look, mom, there's like this new Oreo candy bar. And I want to go get some gushers and some fruit snacks and some cheese and goldfish. She's like, but Oreo birthday cake are fantastic. Birthday cake Oreos. Uh, I don't know. Fruit snacks. I eat everything. Fruit like, literally snacks last are disgusting. Time. You're talking about those gelatinous. Are you serious? Ugh. Gary, we can't be friends if you can't eat a fruit snack. You also like that wafer cookie crap. Yuck. I do not discriminate against the snack world. Candy, now wait, in, cookie, in your in your gum in your fruit snacks, do you like the do you like the fruit snacks that are like super soft, like gummy soft, or do you like the harder the the harder ones that are like thicker fruit I, snack? 
I prefer softer. Okay. Um, but I get a lot of the Kroger brand, like the Curious George and Transformers and Sharks. For like eighty nine cents. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously, I eat like a child. It is what it is. But uh, those are a little harder. Uh, gushers are a little softer. Kroger just came out a new one that's like a gusher, so it's got like juice in the middle. That one's good. I mean, like I said, I don't discriminate. Any fruit snack's a good fruit snack. Uh, George, is, then, it, is it hard to find a gluten free snack? See, that's the thing. I, I'm kind of glad that I'm gluten free. Uh, by necessity, because if I wasn't, I would be eating all of the things you guys have already mentioned. Like I would be eating cookies like it's going out of style. So I'm kind of glad I can't eat all those cookies. Yeah. Um, there is a company called Tate's Bake Shop. There, I think they're in Southampton, New York, that makes an amazing gluten-free uh, cookie. That I when I when I can find those, I will get them. I love them. But I'm generally mostly a chips or chocolate kind of guy. Hmm. How about Cheeto Puffs? I don't know oh, if those are gluten free. Oh. Yeah, oh no, I love a good yeah, cheese puff. I love the, the crunchy puff, or the or the puff. Puff or crunch, puff over crunchy any day. I agree. I like, you, I like the way the puffs disintegrate in your mouth. I can agree with that. Man, I could talk about food all day. I love food. I, I could do a whole and, episode. And I sound like a terrible eater. I promise I eat other things too besides. Cheetos and fruit snacks and candy and cookies. I don't. Well, but they we're asking about our snacking habit, not our regular <laughs> eating. That is my regular eating. I, I we had to order. There's a food service, a direct to, you know to your home food service called Blue Apron. That's what I've had to do to have like a real meal. Do you get that? Do you use that? I love it, dude. Yeah. You should reach out and see if they want to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> They sponsor podcasts left and right, dude. You should reach out and tell them like you're a fan and you want to see if they'll sponsor. I am their number one fan. Since I've ordered that, man, that is an amazing service. Well, don't hype it up yet. Let them be a sponsor first. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, all right. Are you guys ready for a game of Would You Rather? Sure. I love Would You Rather games. All right. Would you rather buy a resin toy or a vinyl toy? Vinyl. Easy. What what kind of vinyl? Either PVC or or roto doesn't matter. Soft hard PVC roto. Do you want production or handmade? <laughs> Darn Gary, I don't know. I almost. Mm, I'm going resin. Wow, I did not see that one coming. Just because a lot of. I don't know. That's what I've bought a lot of lately. Okay. Momiji's, Chris Ramiak's. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Got resin it up. Would you rather buy? Wait, a... What about you? Oh, I'm the host of the show. Uh, well, I want to know. Give me vinyl any day of the week. Yeah. Yep. All right. Would you rather buy a toy that you like that was produced and never selling out supermass quantities? Or purchase a toy that you find just all right, but is done by a popular artist in which only five are made. The first one. Yeah, easy. I want the one I like. I don't. It, I've always. I've said this a million times, and I'll keep saying it forever. I don't care how many there are. I only have one. It doesn't matter if there's five thousand more of them or two more of them. I only have one. So what does it matter what the number is? True. There is something to be said about 
feeling like you're one of the few that own a thing, but I would not buy a thing just simply because it's rare. Like if there was some, you know, weird meaty looking sofubi and I was like, Oh, there's only five made. I got to go buy that. So I can be one of five. I'm not going to do that. I want stuff that I like, but there is something to say about, I think limited and the feeling of owning one of few in some regards. Right. I'm with, I'm with you guys. Put me in the super mass quantity light category. I really don't care that much about something that's super hard to get. And what's the point yeah. of having it if you don't like it a lot? Like exactly. I want, I only want the things I want. Like I don't care if it's limited just to have it. Right. Okay. Easy. Would you rather be painted on canvas by Luke Chu or Mab Graves? Mab. Uh, I don't, I I don't really know who Mab Graves is or the style, so I'm gonna have to go Luke, okay. only because I don't know who Mab Graves is. Okay. I feel like Luke would just make me a a bear. <laughs> <laughs> you would take someone who's super happy and smiles all the yeah, time, right. and you would be the most depressed. Right. Looking... I'd be like a bloody a bloody bear with a bow <laughs> or something. Although he did like, a really wanna... cute version of his of his bear recently. Oh yes, the kawa- the kawaii uh, possessed. You should go look, uh, George. He did like a a sitting. It's like a cute, chubby, sitting white bear in his like typical possessed bear kind of style. So it's still kind of sad, but it's cutified. It is. I don't know what it. I don't know if it's like a custom. I'm gonna go back and look at it because no, I can't. I think it's something that LaFocker is actually going to produce through Flab Slab. I think it's mass production. It's it's cute and yet depressed at the same time. I no, it's not that depressing. It's got the bloody hand, but is it on uh, Instagram? Yeah, it's on Luke Chu's Instagram page. It's a work oh, in progress. Oh man, it's shot. adorable. Isn't that cute? <laughs> oh, that's heart melting. I a would Hawaii project with Flab Slab. It looks yep, like it might slab. be coming. Yep, think so. So yeah, I could maybe maybe get you on like that. But I think Mab would be really cool. You should go check her check her out. Actually, Gary, you're you're the one who kind of led me into her because yeah. I didn't really know much about her and you were mentioning her dino kitty and all that a while back and i was like i don't even know what you're talking about and her stuff's really yeah. cute amazing woman just phenomenal artist i mean she's she's gonna be the next uh mark Ryden. i mean she's just really really good and uh so yeah i would love to be you know portrayed writing a, a dino kitty or something like that i'll, I'll, I'll take mabs all right would oh, you- that art is awesome too holy cow yeah, yeah Mab, Mab Graves is good. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be infected by Bolkowski or dissected by Freening? In like real life? Yep. <laughs> yep. Serious? Yep. So infected or dissected? <laughs> Those like... sound pretty sucky. <laughs> or you? Hmm. Okay, wait. Infected. Infected are the ones where it's like the bones inside of another figure, like a double cast. Yep. Or the half and half. The half and half. I guess half. I, I'll, I'll be uh, dissected, so I still have half of me. Okay. George? Um, I'm going to go infected. Okay. I will go dissected for the same reason, Teresa. So we could just take our good halves and pair them together. There you go. I'll what you guys don't point. realize is the outside of the Wolkowski is the exact same as it always was. <gasps> it's just the inside that's different. Mind blown. You're right. <laughs> we chose wrong. We did. You still have me. 
<laughs> you still have me thinking about the whole resin vinyl one. I'm like, I don't know. That one's too hard. Now I want vinyl. Here's, I want both. Here's a tough one. You're going to hate this one, Teresa. Would you rather buy a clear toy or buy a glittery toy? Oh, that's the only <laughs> choice? Yep. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> um, since we haven't defined the amount of glitter... And the glitter could vary. I'd probably go glitter. Because full clear, mm, huh. I'll go glitter. I'd risk the glitter over the clear, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll go clear. Man, Gary, that is a sucky one. <laughs> <laughs> George. I would go, I'm going to go clear only because when I was in Japan, I found at the, uh, the Wonderfest where we were at, there was a clear, what's that character? It's like the, it's like cutie pie or something like. What's it? Uh, what's it called again? It's that one that's like that character. It's like a little baby, cupy oh, kid Cupy, or something. Cupy, Cupy. Mm-hmm. It's the mayonnaise logo. That one. That there was a clear version of that figure, and it was just amazing. I bought it immediately. Like it was the coolest clear vinyl I've ever seen. Huh. It was like crystal clear. Okay, that sounds so, awesome. I'm going clear. I'm going to go clear too. I just, I have a hatred for glitter. Anytime someone's ever sent me a, a card in the mail that has glitter on it, it just sticks on you all day long. Give me a straight up clear. Yeah, but we're not talking about glitter like that. Glitter would be in the toy. I I'm, just, I'm sticking glitter. I find glitter tacky. <laughs> I've got a glitter, no, I've got a glittery Elfie, and I like that one. It's from the Christmas series. I'll take a picture hey, no of that. One, that no one's saying cute. you're wrong. These you are just opinions. You don't have to justify yourself. So you're the odd man out. You know, you've been outruled <laughs> two to one. That's fine. All right. Fine. So next question. Would you rather not be able to attend any conventions for a year or wake up to Suck Lord telling you to fuck off every single morning? <laughs> That's a great one. Um... Would that be my uh, uh, alarm, it's, it's Gary, alarm or, fifth, <laughs> no, it's actually, or physical or, suck lord? Is, is it an alarm clock or is it no, him it's like actually at your house? suck lord like waking you up? Like, Do you have to live with him or is he just come to your house in the uh, morning and say, I'll let you fuck off? I don't know. Maybe he just shows up. <laughs> Maybe on your way to work every morning or before you make your coffee, he just tells you to fuck off. But he leaves, right? Like, this yeah, is a big, it's just a a big morning turning thing. factor. It's just a morning thing. <laughs> you said what was the first one uh to not be able to attend any conventions for a year man i don't really want to get yelled at every day that'd be depressing <laughs> but i also don't want to not go to conventions would you mule for me gary Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no you have to miss everything you have to miss all the toys all <laughs> right suck lord can yell at me every morning then <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't thing. mind taking a year off of conventions. That would be fine for me. But I, I think I would find it really awesome to have Sarkard come in and tell you to fuck off every day. So I think I would choose that just because it'd be funny. I'm sort of with you, George. I think, I, I think I've actually done it. No conventions for a year. So I think I've done that and I could do it again. So, uh, yeah, suck Lord, sign me up. All right, last question. 
Oh, actually, it's not the last question. Uh, would you rather continue buying blind boxes at $15 a pop when there's 16 designs and you only want one, or purchase the toy you want and it has poor quality control? But you still Easy. want it. You want it, though? Like, even though the poor quality control? Yeah, so rather than buying a bunch of blind boxes at $15 a pop and spending a lot of money to get the actual one that you want, you can just go straight to the one that you want, but it has quality issues. Same cost? No. Or you, in- you only spend $15. Versus you could spend maybe $150 trying to get one with decent quality. I'm still going with first. Quality, I can't have crap quality control. And there's always eBay and people out there who I can trade with. So. I want to choose I'm, option C and say F off to all of them and not buy either of them. Aw. George. <laughs> you're not, you're being a poor sport, George. I don't That's want, like, I hate, I hate spending $15 on a blind box on, on a series where I only like a couple. Yeah. And I also just don't want a bad toy. Like I, I don't, but I mean, you said that I would still want it, so it's like it's hard for me to. I would probably choose that way because you say I still want it. Yeah, it's a figure you that you want. You want like badly. Crap. You just don't know if you want to take the risk of spending on a blind box or just. It's like one of those ones where you see the action figure with the eyeball looking up. Like, yeah, the eyeballs looking up. Something you know, a pad print is off. I'm not saying it's the worst thing ever, but there might be a smear or. Maybe overlapping decals overlapping Ugh. decals yeah you know what though chances are most of that stuff has that anyway so i would probably choose that option i'll just buy the one i want okay george it sounds like i need to assist you in in, in getting you to love blind boxes a bit better i'll just <laughs> you tell me when you want i'll do the hunting do i'll get you the one you want so you can feel <laughs> happy <laughs> do it um dude guys we are just a little over an hour. We're actually close to actually hitting the hour mark. So let's, let's do our one last question and wrap up the show. So would you rather be watching a movie or playing this game, doing this podcast? <laughs> this game on this podcast, Gary, come on. <laughs> I'm, I want, I want to do more games, guys. We're going to get back to Dungeons or designers and dragons. I want to play some toy jeopardy. I uh, like Would You Rather. Toy Jeopardy. Yeah. I like the sound of that, too. Would You Rather. Yeah, I like it. I want to do some $1,000 pyramid, toy pyramid. Um, so this Family is, feud? I don't, I don't want to hit the streets, Teresa. No, 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 no. No, no. No, I'm not saying go out there. I'm saying like Hitting family the streets feud is going on Facebook. Cate- Come on. No, it'd be like a category, and we have to guess the things under it. Doesn't need to be like a poll. It'd just be a. It's the top 100 people surveyed, though. Okay. Well, all right. If you want to get all that <laughs> detailed on it, my goodness. There better be prizes, Gary. Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. I'll give you a, yeah, a pennant, George. How about a pin? Jessica wants to know if she could play. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of You're course. So no, so no. Uh, toy Jeopardy is going to be awesome. It's going to take me a while to come up with the questions, but I definitely want to do that. $1,000 toy pyramid sounds awesome. Uh, I'll have to figure out a way to somehow do that to where one person knows what it is and the other person is trying to describe it to the other person, but we'll, we'll figure it out how to do it on a podcast in an entertaining way. So look forward to more games, people. Let's do it. All right, let's wrap this shindig I'm up. Really excited. <laughs>
<laughs> Do you know your stuff? Do you know your toys, Jess? Oh, no. She would fail at all those toy ones. No, I might win one. If it's Hello Kitty based, <laughs> she'll get it. Oh, okay. <laughs> she just likes games, George? Yeah, I might win one. Uh, so she's been absorbing a lot of knowledge. Okay. All right. Uh, well, let's wrap it up, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. So why don't you guys each take a moment and let people know where they can find you. Oh, wow, George. (laughs) Sorry, do that over. (laughs) (laughs) Teresa, go first. Ladies first. Sure. I'm Teresa Hawkins. You can find me on Instagram, tmhawk24. George. You can find me on Instagram at Double G Toys and Twitter at George Gaspar. Jess. Jess. (laughs) Instagram is Jess. That's, That's it. it. It's Jess. It's just keep typing S's until it's until it comes up. <laughs> oh, it's it's Jess. It's it's <laughs> Jess <laughs> with like fifteen S's or something like that. I printed uh, many S's until it gave it to me. So <laughs> okay. And I'm Gary Ham. You can find me at Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week, not because we have to, but because we want to. There you go. So on to our next transmission. We're signing off. Bye. Bye. Dashing and daring, courageous and caring, faithful and friendly with stories to share. All through the forest they sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Fight for what's right and whatever they do Call me back